ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I ask that you take your Bible, turn with us to Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, as we've come to the passage that everyone loves to talk about when there's anything prophetic going on in the world. If you hear anything from the book of Revelation, it is almost always about the mark of the beast. Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred Three score and six. We've arrived at that passage of Scripture that has caused more speculation than possibly any other. For centuries, people have been trying to decipher the mark of the beast. People actually fear the number 666. Several years ago, I was making a purchase and the total of those purchases came to $6.66. This happened to me on several occasions. Nearly every time, the clerk has tried to get me to buy something else so that she doesn't have to ring up $6.66. I always pay the $6.66. doesn't bother me at all. And sometimes I use the opportunity to witness to the clerk if I have that opportunity and to give a brief explanation of the mark of the beast. It can be a wonderful witnessing opportunity. Now, there's a lot of speculation concerning what the mark of the beast is all about. There is much misinformation concerning that subject. These verses give us some of the information we need to understand just what the beast and his mark is all about. We won't learn everything that we have to know or that we would like to know, but we'll learn enough to know that no believer needs to be afraid of the mark of the beast. So we're looking at three distinct verses today, and we can see without a shadow of a doubt, with great confidence, that we can dispel some of the mystery surrounding the mark of the beast. There's some characteristics about this mark that I want to point out. First, I would show you in verse 16, it is a mark of identification. A mark of identification. 
Now, there's been much speculation concerning what the mark of the beast might be. Some believe that it's some sort of barcode system that's tattooed in the skin. People would then have to scan their code to access their money to buy and sell. Laser tattoos can be produced that are invisible to the naked eye, but they actually show up under an ultraviolet light. If you've been to an amusement park like Carowinds or Six Flags and you've left the park, they will stamp your hand with an invisible stamp. And when you come back in, you pass your hand under an ultraviolet lamp and the mark becomes visible. Scientists have developed tiny microchips the size of grains of rice. And these chips can carry all of your medical and financial information and they can be read with a simple scanner. And these chips are already being used in pets. And presently there is much talk about placing these microchips in babies to prevent kidnappings and mistakes at the hospital. It is possible that technology of this nature could be used to fulfill this passage. It is also possible to place GPS transmitters in chips the size of jelly beans. With these transmitters, people can be tracked regardless of where they are in the world. Now, of course, that technology had, has advanced to the place People can be identified instantly by scanning their fingerprints. Even the retinas of your eyes. DNA technology is advancing at such a rate that simple genetic testing will soon be possible and it will be almost instant. Recently I was speaking to a local law enforcement official he told me that the technology was very close to coming to the law enforcement on the job, the everyday sheriff's deputy and police officers, that they could access some genetic testing and immediately they have everything they need about a suspect. Now, who knows what the devil will use? These are certainly enough resources that are available to him in this day. And things are rapidly changing, almost hourly. As you know, the use of plastic currency is quickly replacing cash as the standard in business transactions. As a result of the COVID pandemic, they used the excuse of a coin shortage try to slow down the use, discourage the use of cash. It's been suggested that the mark of the beast will actually be a credit card system of some sort. That's already being used in many cases for food stamps and other government services. Whether we like it or not, we're headed toward a cashless society. It makes sense. Without cash, crooks and drug dealers have a more difficult time. 
without cash, there's less likelihood that people can hide income from the IRS. We're moving in that direction. Again, whether we like it or not, we already have been reduced to a number. Everywhere you go, you need your social security number. You need your driver's license number. It's already this way in Sweden and in Israel. Everyone has a number. Why? Computers like numbers. In fact, they like numbers better than names, and you can be sure that computers will be involved in whatever system the Antichrist devises. Folks, the stage is set and the minds of people are prepared from, for some sort of system of public identification. We're on the verge of seeing a national identification card for citizens of our country, and given all the problems we're having with illegal immigration, there is a rising cry for some sort of identification card or system that can identify who is and who isn't a citizen. Why we cannot know for sure what the mark of the beast is, we can learn something about how it will be utilized in that particular day. We're given in the verses the scope of the mark. The Bible says, causeth all. The word causeth literally is translated to force. We are told all people of all classes will be required to wear this mark in the bodies. Everyone, from the most common of men to the most famous of celebrities, will bear this mark in their bodies. It will be a universal mark. For once in this world, there will be no favoritism there will be no discrimination. Every person from the savage in the darkest jungles of Africa to the executive living in the New York penthouse will receive the mark of the beast. Again, the scripture says that the mark will be situated in the right hands or in their foreheads. Now, this mark will apparently place or be placed either in the hand or in the forehead. And the word mark comes from a word that means a stamp or an imprint or something carved. So whatever this mark is, it will reside in the flesh and it will be permanent. People will not be able to alter it. They won't be able to counterfeit it. It's going to be placed where it can be easily seen. Then we see the source of the mark in verse 17. The word he in this verse refers to the false prophet. Now, if you remember, he is the one who causes the world to worship the Antichrist. He is the one who causes the image of the Antichrist to move and speak in the temple. 
He is the leader of the one world religion that will dominate the world during the tribulation. And he will devise this marking system and he will see that it is carried out. That may help us to understand this more if we consider what was happening in the Roman world during John's day. In the Roman world, there were millions of slaves. A slave would be marked by his master with either a brand or a tattoo of a symbol or a number. It was Roman law in those days for people to worship the emperor. The Roman emperors had declared themselves deity, and they demanded the worship of their subjects. This emperor worship involved the Roman citizen going into a temple set apart for emperor worship. The citizen would take a pinch of incense, place it on a flaming altar, and say, Caesar is God. The worshiper would then receive a mark, signifying that he had fulfilled his duty to the emperor. Friends, that's exactly what we see in this passage. The world, we're told in Revelation 13 and verse 4, in addition in verse 15 of that same chapter, the world will worship the Antichrist. And when they do, they will receive his mark. It will be a statement of their allegiance to him and his government. They will be identified as his servants. Yea, we could even say they will be identified as his slaves. Verse 17, I would show you, it is a mark of isolation. The mark will be tied to the economy. People will be required to produce the mark of the beast in order to be able to buy or sell. This in itself will be a great enticement for people to receive the mark of the beast. In order to hold a job, to get credit, to access bank accounts, or to do something so mundane as buy a loaf of bread will require a person to have the mark of the beast. Imagine what this might involve. A young mother goes to the store to buy formula for her baby. She lacks the mark of the beast, and she's not allowed to purchase her products. A man stops for gas at the gas station. He does not have the mark. He's not allowed to buy. A family shivers in the dark and the cold because they cannot buy utilities without the mark of the beast. This mark will instantly divide the world into two different camps. The mark of the beast will declare who worship the Antichrist and who does not. It will prove to be a mark of isolation. But what does the isolation have as its purpose? The Antichrist will use the mark of the beast to control the world. Everything in the world during the tribulation will be controlled. Food, housing, medicine, medical care will all be dispensed 
only to those who have the mark of the beast. And this mark will give the Antichrist instant power over every person everywhere in the world. I read where a man who lived under Bulgaria's communist regime remarked, you cannot, and I quote, you cannot understand and you cannot know that the most terrible instrument of persecution ever devised is an innocent ration card. You cannot buy and you cannot sell except according to that little innocent card. And if they please, you can be starved to death. And if they please, you can be dispossessed of everything you have. For you cannot trade and you cannot buy and you cannot sell without permission. End of quote. There will be many who refuse to accept the mark of the beast. The 144,000 Jewish evangelists will not take the mark. Their converts will refuse to take the mark. There will be literally millions of people around the world who will refuse to bow to the beast or to his image and they will reject the ministry of the false prophet. These people will suffer greatly for their decision. They will not be able to buy food. They will not be able to buy clothing or medicine. They will be refused medical treatment. Many, no doubt, will starve to death in order that they might not dishonor the name of the Lord Jesus. These people will be hunted down. They will be persecuted to the death because of their defiance. Revelation 13, verse 15. Revelation 6 and verse 9. These people will pay a terrible price for their faith in Jesus. But the Bible proclaims in Revelation 7, 9 through 17, they will be rewarded greatly when they leave this world. Now presently, we're not being persecuted for our faith in Christ today, certainly not at the level that the church is seen in other parts of the world. But we are a marked people. The world is ramping up its hatred of the Lord Jesus and those who follow him at a rapid pace. You are now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, hold to the biblical principles of Christianity, you are the problem. You are the one they are at war with. You are the one that they now hate. We can expect that kind of hatred to intensify as we move closer to the end and to the appearing of our seed. Believers in this day need to continue to take a stand for Christ in spite of what they might face for doing so. We need to be faithful to him even unto death if necessary. Closing, I would show you the third point in verses 17 and 18. It is a mark not only of identification or isolation, it is a mark of information. We are told about the mark and it is tied to a number. 
and this number is tied to the name of the beast. Now, this has led so many on a wild goose chase of wild speculation over the years. In ancient times, number values were attached to Greek and Hebrew letters using what is known as gematria which is an ancient form of numerology, a number is assigned to each letter in the alphabet. These numbers are then used to seek hidden meanings in words. The people who believe in such things believe that numerical equivalence in names and words is not coincidental, but it's providential. The beast's name, when it's known, will yield the number 666. Six. People have used this system to propose many different possibilities as to who the Antichrist just may be. They've taken the letters in people's names, added up the numerical value, and declared that this person or that person had to be the Antichrist. Just a few names that's been mentioned include Adolf Hitler, Napoleon Bonaparte, Rahul Reagan, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama. Back in the 1980s, some people believed that Gorbachev was the Antichrist because of that huge birthmark that he had on his head. Friends, the fact is, we do not know who the Antichrist is. We can do all sorts of numerical gymnastics, but we are still left in the dark concerning his identity. But when he appears... The people living in that day will have all the information they need to be able to identify the Antichrist. But this also reveals the nature of the beast. We're told that the beast's number is the number of a man. His number is 666. Six in the Bible is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. This number is just short of the number of completion or perfection, the number seven. The number six is seen several times in the Bible, and when it is in view, it always comes up short. When Nebuchadnezzar made his idol in Daniel 3 and verse 1, it was 60 cubits by six cubits. When Goliath came out to meet David in 1 Samuel 17. He was six cubits and a span tall and carried a spear whose head weighed 600 shekels. The Antichrist will be the pinnacle of human achievement. He will be the brightest, most powerful, most intelligent human the world has ever seen outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will be a remarkable man, but he will still fall short of completion and perfection. His number declares his deficiency. Man is represented by the number six. God is represented by the number seven. Seven speaks of completion. It speaks of perfection. God is perfect. God is complete. Whether you are speaking of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, he is a seven, seven, seven. Satan and his unholy trinity can never compete with God. They will give it their best, but they will always be just six, six, six. 
They will never be complete. They will never be perfect because they lack God. Well, why would anyone choose this number? And we have to assume that if the Antichrist is the ruler of the world, he must be able to choose his own number. Why 666? He may do it to stand in defiance to God. After all, the Lord has declared that the devil's superman will wear this number and be defeated. He may do it out of pure rebellion. Of course, this number might just be for God's people to be able to recognize him when he comes. Either way, this number will declare his name and declare his nature. And when he comes, the people of God will be able to identify him and thus refuse his mark. One of the practical lessons we've got to take away from this passage is this one truth. Satan always marks his people. He marks their bodies. He marks their souls. He marks their minds. He marks his people. On the other hand, God seals his people. Ephesians 1.13, Ephesians 4.30, Revelation 7, 2 through 8. 2 Corinthians 1.22, God seals his people and Satan marks those who give themselves to him. God seals those who come to him through Christ. And he seals them for himself. And he seals them for all eternity. Are there terrible days coming for this earth? Yes. Satan is going to have free reign down here for several years. And billions will be brought under his grip for time and eternity. And every one of these people who take the mark of the beast are destined for a devil's hell. They cannot take the mark of the beast, worship Satan, and then be saved. If they bow to him, they're lost forever. What a horrible, what a terrible truth. Not let that happen to you. Come to Christ when and while there is time to be saved. If you're left here when Jesus comes and you survive the wars and the famines and the death and the disease and you take that mark and you're going to go to hell. It doesn't have to be that way. Satan, you're nothing more than a number. If you'll come to God, he'll call you by your name. You can have a name or you can have a number. If you have a name, you have a place in heaven when you leave this world. But if you receive a number, you will go to hell forever. What do you choose? What do you choose today? Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.